Hello and welcome to the Treasures Within podcast. I'm your host, Georgia G, multi-passionate success coach and healer for purpose-driven female entrepreneurs. If you're ready to get out of your own way so you can build a wildly profitable business from your passions, this show is for you. Tune in every Tuesday for inspiring interviews and mindset tools to heal self-sabotage so you can double your income, reach those big business goals that have eluded you up until now, and create a life of freedom and abundance on your own terms. My guest today is Elizabeth Derby, a business coach for women who want to sustain their professional success while cultivating a work-life balance that actually brings them joy. She teaches her clients how to make running their businesses easier and more fulfilling, giving them big picture guidance and granular strategic support for bridging the gap from where they are now to where they truly want to be. Elizabeth specializes in empowered leadership, holistic growth, and giving women the confidence and strategies to break through their ceilings in ways that feel easier and more fulfilling than conventional approaches to business. Her clients make the leap from stressed out service providers to confident CEOs by growing themselves and their companies in ways that are simple, sustainable, and true to who they are. When she's not helping people live their best lives, in this conversation, Elizabeth shares how to upgrade your mindset to reduce overwhelm and become a more confident leader and practical ways to simplify your business and do more of what brings you joy. Let's dive in. Welcome to the show, Elizabeth. It's such a pleasure to have you here with us today. And before we dive in, can you share with us your story and how you came to do this work? I'm so happy to be here. Thank you so much for having me. And I would love to talk about how I landed where I am today. I think every person's story is so interesting and has so much wisdom and information about the uniqueness that we bring to the table as service providers and business owners. And so I always love hearing these stories. I love sharing mine too. So my way back, back background is that I come from a family of artists and business success stories. So I say that because all of the women in my family have been very talented artists and a few men. And most of the men have been what I think of as titans of industry, sort of leaders in corporate America and CEOs. Not everyone, right? I mean, there are doctors in there too, but I come from a long line of people who really represent two different worlds, the creative, artistic, inspirational sharing for the joy of it type of people and the let's get things done and make a bunch of money and be in the more typical corporate world. And growing up, I always felt a tension between these two things because I really identify as an artist at heart. I'm a storyteller. I'm a writer. I like to paint and collage. And 
I always wanted to be someone who could run her own business and be successful or could make it in corporate America. But in some ways that felt like it wasn't for me because it wasn't what I saw growing up. Now, my mother has run her own business for a very long time. So it's not that I had no examples of that, but she had a very creative business and it was challenging to make money consistently. That was the reality. And it wasn't for lack of intelligence or strategy on her part. Now, those were the stories that I grew up around and I pursued an arts education, really immersed myself in, in the creative worlds and decided after college that I really wanted to get a corporate job and prove to myself that I could be someone who put on a suit jacket and went into a business of like a big, big old business and <laughs> had a regular paycheck and salary and health insurance and all that stuff. It was important to me that I proved to myself that I could fit into that world. And so I did that right after college. I got a job in marketing and brand strategy at a Fortune 500 company. And I spent several years traveling, doing sales presentations, coming up with trend forecasts, really interesting stuff to help sell these products from one really big company to another. Well, eventually I reached a crossroads that I think many of your listeners have probably reached in their lives too, where I felt very inspired to make a change. I knew that being in corporate was something I wanted to do, but not stay in forever. And at the same time, I was really scared to leave because the money was good and it felt really fancy and successful and safe. And at the time I was living in New Jersey from the Jersey shore, the pretty part, not purely the fist pumping club bumping scene. Although if you know anything about the Jersey shore, I'm certainly, I love to dance. So it's part of my life too, but I was in New Jersey dating someone in Virginia who I'd met in college. So it was a seven hour commute. And we decided that we wanted to try and make it work for real for the long term. Now, that's a whole separate story, but <laughs> I really believe this person was my my first great love. And I think in many ways, it's it's been a real blessing to have made that connection. And now we're married and we have a baby. So I, I always should share that, that like it did work out. So so that doesn't always, but I, I felt really lucky in that. And I decided that rather than continuing my job, I would move to Virginia. At the time, he was planning to move to me and to move into my apartment. I lived across the street from the beach in this awesome apartment. And I really felt like if I didn't take the risk, then I was going to get too comfortable and too scared and never leave. So I quit my job and I moved to a town where I knew basically no one and hoped that the relationship would work out, but also felt clear that if it wasn't going to work out, I could stand on my own two feet, mostly hoping that I could bring this desire I had to make it on my own and on my own terms professionally to life. And so that's really the origin of, of how I came to be doing what I'm doing now. I, I've been here and on my own for 12 years in business. The first five to seven years, I was doing marketing communications, brand strategy, copywriting focused work. That was a combination of my creative writing skill my marketing Fortune 500 work and just what I came to discover as my gifts in branding and storytelling and helping 
individuals in particular, women running businesses, to own their power and to do that through the words they use on their sites and the stories they tell about themselves, how they package their services, all that stuff. Eventually, I came to realize that my most valuable skill was in coaching because coaching became increasingly a huge component of what I was doing with my clients. And it was the thing that brought me so much joy, way more than the writing, that even though the writing was a skill, I was like, you know what? This is just another place where I could feel trapped by my own desire to be comfortable instead of true to myself. I have to be true to myself. So I made the switch from this, what felt like a more safe and comfortable place to be into coaching. And so I did that five years ago. It's been phenomenal. I work now as a business and mindset coach for women who are on that journey of entrepreneurship, who are getting from the point of step. Most of us, when we start, we work really hard as service providers and we're in the grind and we're in the hustle. And at some point we realize we're burning out and that's not working anymore. And I tend to partner with women when they're making that shift from, I have to do everything and burnout is just the price I pay to, no, I want to have a good life. I want to enjoy being a business owner. I need to make some changes. And so that's the place that I'm usually meeting people. Long story, but <laughs> it's one that I really love. So thank you for asking. Thank you for sharing. There is so much to unpack there, but I really relate to what you're saying about getting to a point where you just feel burnout. I started in business almost two decades ago, and it's always been hard work. There's always been lots of things to, to do, but in the past few years, with all these new tools and platforms, it is so easy to feel that you have to be everywhere and to burn out. And also this idea of hustle that we have in our society. My dad was entrepreneur and he literally worked all the time. <laughs> I remember seeing him for lunch and dinner, but otherwise he was always working and he would have worked even at Christmas if he really needed to, you know? Mm -hmm. And so when I became entrepreneur myself, I had this idea that I have to work those long hours myself. I can't take a day off even at Christmas because that to me was the mother of success. And if I didn't mm -hmm. do that, then my business would be crashing down, right? Yep. So for someone that is feeling the same, but I had to work hard and doing all the things and wearing overwhelming burnout as a badge of honor almost. What mm -hmm. advice do you have for them? Such a great question. And I think we all go through this if we are dedicated to succeeding because the first thing that feels important to share is the context for why these things happen, right? So in your case, you saw it from your father. I certainly have seen it from everyone I know who's successful professionally, my family, my friends, everybody. <laughs> And almost everybody. And beyond that, I think we live in a culture that glorifies hard work and that teaches us our value is connected to how productive we are and how much we produce. I'm not one of those people that thinks capitalism is bad. I think capitalism gives us a lot of gifts, but I think we live 
I mean, I'm in the U.S., and so we are the poster children for colonialist, racist, extractive approaches to business, where we we've been treating people badly as a way to create wealth and not everyone, but not everyone does this, but this is the culture. We dehumanize people because we glorify what we can extract from them to create wealth and to create financial success. There's also been, I think, a very long systematic history, and I think this is global, of how would I put this? Minimizing the power of people who do not look like the dominant sex, race, gender, all of the sort of systemic inequities that we live with. If you don't fit a very specific type, then success was never really promised to you. So you feel the need to work extra hard to compensate for something that isn't actually missing. You just were taught that it was missing. And I think it's a real thing that for people who've grown up in systems of oppression and have personal trauma, because all of us do, there is a, a physiological fear that can arise when we think about working less. It feels like our natural instincts. It's like something our body is like, it's not safe to not work hard. Because if it was safe, everybody who looks like me would be doing it. And people who look like me would be more successful. And that's kind of baked into the culture. And I think that's important to talk about because when you're an individual on the path of personal growth and you're trying to help yourself make changes, you want to acknowledge that there are forces working against you. Those forces are not more powerful than you are but they can be very hurtful and harmful. And that's a big part of why I think it's so important to be connected to communities, to work with coaches or mentors or people who can really support you and create a little ecosystem of safety in that bigger bubble of systems that maybe are working against you. So I, I had to acknowledge that because that feels like a really important context. And then I would say, once you acknowledge that, okay, this is like the landscape I'm in and I have the power because I get to write my story and I get to decide how things are for me. My thoughts create my reality. I get to choose what I want to be true. Everybody out there may be saying it has to look a certain way, but I can decide it will look a different way. And there's going to be a period when you're thinking new thoughts and you haven't created new results yet. And that's the really scary part. <laughs> so again, I think that's why it's really helpful not to do these things in isolation and also give yourself so much credit for the fact that you may just have an irrational fear of working less and that it feels real in your body. So you can't just say, oh, get over itself. Just stop working so much because that's that's cruel. When you're cruel to yourself, it doesn't work. Self-punishment doesn't work. So you really have to be so compassionate and say, of course you think you have to do everything. Of course you have to, you think that this is how it has to be. And, and the last 
piece I want to say is this feels important too, is I think most of your listeners are not just getting started and that's awesome. So once you have some experience under your belt, you can look at your own history for evidence of what's already working for you versus what isn't. And a really practical way, I coach my clients to do this. Everyone listening to this could could do this today, even if you just think about it. I always like writing things down, but even if you just think about it on the drive or something, is to think about the ways that you work that energize you versus the ways that you work that drain you. Just slowing down to pay attention to that is a really practical way to start to notice where the busyness refuels your cup and is good for you and is stuff you should keep doing versus what's the stuff that drains me, that stuff that you want to think about strategically. How can I delegate this? How can I delete this? Do I even need this in my strategy? Because at some point you cross a line from being a beginner who feels like a student that doesn't know how to do anything. And you become someone who has experience who can make her own choices, who knows enough that she doesn't need to look outside of herself for all of the answers. But most of us were acculturated to be good students and good girls. And so we just kind of keep plowing along, looking outside of ourselves for other people to tell us what to do. And if you're listening, then I really think you can stop looking outside yourself for everyone else to tell you what to do and you can decide. And that's where leadership really begins. It's personal leadership. And when you choose to be the person who's making decisions based on what works for you, that's when you flip the switch into building something that's sustainable as opposed to burning you out. It's something that feels a lot simpler. You just want to give yourself a ton of grace and credit as you do it because it can be challenging and scary and that's normal. Thank you for sharing all that. I couldn't agree more. I have spent the past couple of years doing a lot of training and coaching in personal leadership and I really feel that is the missing piece in your success. And also going back to what you pointed out, rightly, about the way society is structured and the system that we grew up in, I recognize that as a white woman, I do have a lot of privilege. And at the same time, I grew up in Italy, which is predominantly a white country. And I share that my dad is a business owner, but... The women that I grew up around, they were either housewives or Mm -hmm. they were at a part-time job so they could raise their family. And so when it came time for me to start my own business, I had a massive imposter syndrome because Mm -hmm. I had this idea of a CEO of a leader that looks Mm -hmm. a certain way. There was an old white man and Mm -hmm. I was just, and I was (laughs) a young, a long time. Even when I started having success, I saw myself as a little girl playing a business in her bedroom. And so I really like what you said about that moment when you decided you had the power because you're you're right, the system and these stereotypes that we are fed. And there is also, well, it's not just stereotypes because there are some structures that make it harder for some people to be successful that, that need to be dismantled. Yes. But also the system is not more powerful than us. We are just told that it is. So that we don't use our personal power to fight against it and 
go for our dreams. And that's where the leadership comes in to realize that you are the leader of your own life and you can make choices for yourself. And so my listeners, they have a success, but they don't necessarily feel like a CEO. Or, mm-hmm. And especially today with so many things that you could be doing, like writing newsletters and being on TikTok and Instagram and doing videos, you can be so overwhelmed just doing the things that you don't see yourself as a leader. And that's the most important part of business. So for someone <laughs> that is in a situation, what shifts or what tools do you have for them to start seeing themselves as a leader? Mm, this is such a good question. And I I love what you're saying too about, I just love what you're saying. <laughs> so much of the decision to step into personal leadership. And again, it's a decision that you have to make every day because you have forces working against you. And with practice, it will become more familiar and it will eventually be a role that you inhabit without having to think about it. But at first, I always think of confidence in your own leadership as a muscle that you need to build. If you go to the gym and lift weights, which I did once upon a time, (laughs) maybe one day again, if you're building muscle, if you go on a regular basis and lift weights and you constantly make that a part of your practice, you will build muscle mass. If you stop going and you stop lifting weights, which is where I'm at right now, you will lose muscle mass. And I think confidence in yourself and in your leadership is similar in that you, with consistent practice, it becomes something that's, that is a, your self-concept. It's how you see yourself. And at the same time, if you think that one decision is going to, now you're going to feel like a leader forever. That's not true. Don't make it so hard on yourself. Like it's really okay if you have to make one, I talk a lot about taking brave baby steps with someone. When I'm working with someone, it's like, what's the vision that you have? What do you really want to step into? How, not just success in business, but success in life. What do you want that to look like? Are you going to help dismantle some of the systems of oppression that we're all operating in? Are you going to be contributing to world-changing causes? Are you stewarding a huge community? All these questions about where you're headed and it feels really big and inspiring and it should. But then you get into your day-to-day life and you're faced with so many to-dos and so many tasks. And when you look at the vision, it can feel super overwhelming. So you have this overwhelming to-do list, you have this overwhelming vision, and you're like, well, this is all too much. I'm going to just go ahead and tick things off my to-do list and then go to sleep exhausted because that's sort of where we go. So, So one really important thing for people to do is to give themselves space and time to connect with their own leadership, their own instincts, their own knowing. That is one of the hardest and yet simplest things to do when you're overwhelmed and approaching burnout because your body is in a cycle that thinks if I just pedal faster, I'll get somewhere. But you're on a stationary bike. You're not going to get anywhere faster. <laughs> the only way to catch your breath is to stop. <laughs> and so it's it, it's hard in the moment to slow down. It's very hard. And it's hard to take a break, especially if you have a lot of to-dos that feel like, if I don't do this, then my whole business is going to fall apart. That's the mindset piece, right? You get to decide not to think that thought. You get to decide, my business thrives 
when I thrive. My business has energy and magnetism and makes an even bigger impact and generates even more wealth by reaching new people when I am energized and I feel really magnetic. And the only way we feel energized and magnetic is when we are in our own skin and feeling good about ourselves. You don't always have to feel good all the time. That would be like a ridiculous, unfair standard to hold ourselves to. But <laughs> making the decision to slow down and just be with your own thoughts, your own instincts. And like I said, your own intuition is a significantly undervalued superpower. And I want to give an example of this. So I refer to it as the feminine archetype, but essentially it's, I've also referred to it as your leadership instincts or your CEO instincts. As a creative, big-hearted, generative person in business, you already have them. You have leadership instincts on the inside. You have a sense of inner navigation and inner GPS that will guide you to the right next step if you just get quiet and pay attention to what your own inner wisdom is telling you. When we're on the stationary bicycle and pedaling faster and faster, we think, I don't have time to slow down and listen to me. But again, that's a thought that's really coming from a culture that's pretty toxic. So just choose to believe something different and make the space to slow down. And the example I can share right now is I was just talking with a, someone, a client who was going through business development stuff. And I told her, you just need to take a break. This is someone who on paper probably has more to do than anyone else I've ever met. <laughs> and I'm not being traumatic when I say that. And I know a lot of people who are very busy, but this is a person who I would understand if, if she said, I don't have time for that. But she did the brave thing and the very self- trusting and disciplined thing and made time to go to yoga. Yoga is a phenomenal way to listen to your own intuition. And if people are listening who are like, I hate yoga, you can go for a walk. You can just sit with yourself. <laughs> you can be in nature. If nature replenishes you and brings you back to center, you can journal, you can work with oracle cards or tarot cards. You can pray. If you're a spiritually minded person, you can meditate anything that helps you slow down and listen to yourself. But in her case, it was yoga. And when I spoke to her next, which was just a couple of days later, she shared how in that quiet time, she got a few downloads and it solved all the problems because it was all she needed was just to get quiet and listen. And that is so true so often for all of us that if we were just willing to pump the brakes, and take some time to do something else. It would be a game changer. Oh, the story. Hey, Georgia here. I want to take a quick moment to tell you something. A few years ago, I was stuck in what I call strategy hell. I was literally doing everything to grow my business. I was on all the social media platforms, doing webinars, going to networking events, writing blog posts, sending out newsletters, you name it, I did it. And my business was growing at a snail's pace. 
It was so frustrating because I couldn't have worked any harder. I was already overwhelmed and burned out. Do you ever feel like that? It wasn't until a random encounter with a coach that I realized being in strategy hell is a form of self-sabotage. You think you're doing everything to grow your business. In reality, you're stuck in busy work because you're afraid of what might happen if you went all in or reached your goals. In my case, I had a massive fear that if I became more successful than my family, my friends, and my partner, they wouldn't love me anymore and they leave me. This fear was buried so deep in my subconscious that I wasn't aware of it until I had a powerful session with my coach. And yet, the fear was running my business and making sure I'd never reached my goal. It was only once I healed the fear that I was able to double my income in a few short months. And my loved one didn't leave me. If you two are working hard, trying all these strategies to go to the next level in your business, you don't need one more strategy. You already have all the strategies you need. If nothing is working, it's because there's a limiting belief that's sabotaging all your efforts. Maybe like me, you're afraid that if you are too successful, you won't fit in with your friends and family anymore and you lose them. Maybe you don't think you are good enough at what you do and they're afraid that if you put yourself out there in a big way, you'll be exposed as a fraud. Or maybe, deep down, you don't believe you're worthy of money and success. Whatever it is, trying to grow a business with these limiting beliefs running in your subconscious is like driving a car with a brake on. No matter how hard you try, you are going to stay stuck where you are. If you want to go to the next level in your business and reach those big income and business goals that have eluded you up until now, you must first heal all those limiting beliefs and all stories that are sabotaging you. Once those self-imposed limitations melt away, you'll be able to step out of strategy hell and confidently take action towards your goals. Those tasks that used to feel hard or scary, like going live on Instagram, doing sales calls, or being a regular guest on podcasts, will now feel easy and fun and you'll be able to reach your goals with ease. If you know, deep down, that healing those limiting beliefs and all stories is the missing piece in getting the results and money you want in your business and you are ready to drop the hustle and step into your six figures mindset, I invite you to book a discovery call with me. On the call, you get coaching on the number one limiting belief, the sabotaging your success and keeping you from reaching your next income level. And if we both feel it's a fit, you'll discover how we can work together to heal the limiting beliefs that are sabotaging you so you can finally build a wildly profitable business from your passions and enjoy financial location and time freedom. Remember, the world needs all of your treasures. It's your time to get out of your own way so you can do the work you are meant to do in the world and live a life of freedom on your own terms. These one-on-one calls are limited, 
So if you are ready to finally make your vision board become your reality, click on the link in the show notes and book in today. Thank you for sharing that. It is so true. We always have the answer, the little nudge that tells us what to do, but it's so hard to listen mm-hmm. to it. And I love that you touched on being magnetic. We are taught to think that if only we keep going and working extra hour and do an extra task, that's when finally our business will take off or go to the next level. But especially for us, for those of us that are coaches or service-based providers that we are the business, mm-hmm. no one wants to work with someone who is overwhelmed and burned out. Like, I will not choose a coach That's who right. is burning out. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> because I don't want that life. So I'm, I'm not sure she's the right person to teach me. But also right. she's not going to have the time and the space and the energy to hold me. Oh, yeah, I guess what I'm trying to say is that you think that if you work to overwhelm, you're going to be successful. You're actually repelling clients that way because clients come in when yeah. you bring back the joy and bring back the fun. Yes, yes. And it is like magic. It is like magic. I have seen this with so many clients when they just, again, are willing to turn off the voices of what other people are telling them to do and what feels like a should in their own brain. Anything that feels like a should in your own brain is either coming from something someone taught you or something you decided was true because you saw it role modeled or because the culture says this is how it has to be. If it feels heavy and weighty and wears you out and drags you down. It's not meant for you. Let it go. Just let it go. And the only thing that requires is courage. It requires courage because, again, because we've been taught that busyness is a safety blanket and that overwhelm is a badge of honor. And (laughs) these things that are really toxic to the way we operate, but what you, what you can't see right before you make the decision to let something go or to slow down, what you can't see is that there are these invisible forces working on your behalf, but you got to give them some space to come in. <laughs> and, and exactly like you said, you are repelling opportunities. If the way I'm talking about invisible forces and magic is a huge turnoff to someone who's listening, think about it this way. Your brain is cognitively overloaded when you are in overwhelm. You are like a goldfish, which I'm like this when I'm with my toddler. I'm a total goldfish and it's totally fine. It's fun actually, but it's not fun when I'm in my business. (laughs) And so, okay, so you're in goldfish mode. You're like bopping from one thing to the other. And you also feel probably a sense of scarcity, a sense of urgency, and you're trying to put out fires rushing around and your brain doesn't have the space to notice all of the opportunities that are in your own, right in front of you. You just can't see them because you're so busy believing that everything is broken and falling apart. You can't see the obvious solutions in front of you. You can't see that, hey, there's someone who just commented on a post and something about the way she wrote that really makes me think I should DM her. I mean, she's a friend from college. What do I know? But like, 
I'm just going to reach out. It's not even a sales pitch. It's just, Hey, how are you? Good to talk. And then that leads to a client or these, all of these like little ways. I mean, I have so many examples from clients. There's an example. I just want to share two, because I think it's an, asking people to take a risk by slowing down. So I think it's really helpful to hear people who know what they're talking about to be like, the risk is worth it. I promise. Does it mean that just because you say no to something, you're like immediately going to book 10 clients? No, but you will create so much more space for good stuff to come in. So here's just two examples. In the middle of the recession, when I'm talking about the pandemic, which a lot of people felt like was a recession, I was working with someone who'd been working so hard to build her business to six figures, which I know is something you are so good at helping people achieve. And she had this idea to do a huge donation-based giveaway. It was like three months of just giving money to charities, essentially. And even though she had very limited time, she was like, well, I could al alternatively, I could launch like a sales campaign. She said, but my heart is telling me I'm going to do, I'm going to do this thing that's going to feel better, which is this really generous campaign. And that, because of that, it went on to create the most money she'd ever made. And her business has continued to grow in, in big leaps because she made that decision. But she made the decision that on paper didn't look like the most strategic, smart, right choice. She didn't. She went with her gut and it paid off hugely. Similarly, I've had clients who have needed to say no to certain clients who were a bad fit who've needed to end certain relationships like with service, other service providers or with friends or with clients because it just wasn't right. And so often what I see is when someone lets a bad fit go, almost immediately the right fit steps in. But it was like that, that opportunity, that person, that money, that project, that email, it needed space to come in. And I just share all of this because I think it's a pretty... Like if you look at your life right now and you think, whoa, I am stuffed to the gills with stuff to do. There's so much to do and I'm so overwhelmed and overloaded and, ah, and you're like exploding at the seams energetically. Just remember there is a, there are powerful forces at work, including your own mind, <laughs> your own creative genius. Your creative genius can't work with you because there's no room for it. And if you have a spiritual practice or you you work with the divine in, in any way that also hooks up with your personal life or your business, and it's totally fine if you don't have that practice, but if that's part of the way you see the world, then also know that those are forces working on your behalf too. And again, it's just up to you to make the space and to receive the goodness that's all around you. And it's a game changer, but like you don't know it till you live it and do it. So that's the, that's the courage part. That's the courage part. Thank you for sharing those stories. I so agree. If you want different results, you have to be willing to do something different. It's just your brain wants proof. And if you've never done something before, it doesn't have the proof. So that's where the courage comes in. And one of my coaches says, make decisions with your heart and then let the head come in to help you out to execute. We are so told to make decisions with our heads and every time that I made a decision that looked good on paper mm -hmm. I may have found monetary success but I never found fulfillment never found happiness things were always 
heart yes. and when I follow my heart and then bring the brain in to say okay I made a decision to go in a different direction or let go of these tasks and these things that are just busy work let me figure out with my, with my mind how to get there because again it's like you need you need courage but you don't have to just jump in without a safety net Exactly. And I think that's a really good point for a long time. And I think this contributes to to overwhelm. So if I can share about it's okay if I share about it. Okay. So for a long time I was very committed to being brave and doing things that scared me. You know the expression feel the fear and do it anyway. Yes. And so I spent a lot of time being very brave and taking these bold actions. And what I experienced was that when I only focused on taking brave leaps, I didn't have enough support and self-trust and self-love to enjoy that. I think If you're someone who's very strategically minded, which I am, and I know you are, choosing to follow your heart and then have your your strategy brain figure out then how to put that into practical action, it is so powerful. And I love that you said that because it's true. It's not just like, oh, well, my heart told me to whatever. We have to be grounded too. It has to be something that then you work out, okay, if my truth is this, how can I manifest it in the world in a way that's going to work for my clients or for my employees or for my contractors or for my partner or whatever? You have to be considerate of how you move in an ecosystem, not by yourself, but also I think something that I wish I had known sooner and that's why I feel called to share it is even if you have intuitive instincts that you follow and a strategic plan that you execute based on those instincts, you are still doing things that feel scary and new. And if you don't have a soft place inside yourself and in your own community that can support you with all the vulnerability that you feel as you're making these changes, you can really go to a place. And I say this because I experienced this But so many of my clients have experienced this too. You can go to a place of intense self-criticism. And I know a lot of women in business who have a very loud inner critic that even if everything looks good on paper, they could be making tons of money and their clients love them and everybody thinks they're fantastic, but they feel so bad on the inside. And they're like, why do I feel so bad? And it's like, well, because you probably have a voice that is at the very root, scared of these bold decisions you're making. You're going against the culture. So there's an instinct in us that says, if you stand out, you get knocked down. So you just have to acknowledge that that's how we're wired. Our our brain, there's going to be a part of your brain that's like, yikes, I don't like this. And if you're, if you don't have any voices outside of you to remind you that what you're doing is smart, is safe, is really actually pretty brilliant. <laughs> the voice of fear inside of you will become self-criticism because it's trying to get you to stop. So it's going to say, oh, well, sure, you followed your heart, but that was really dumb because then you didn't get whatever, or you did it that way. And that was so stupid. You could have made it so much better. Like perfectionism comes in, people pleasing comes in, all this stuff. 
that can really be not avoided, but can be healed when you, you create a supportive community around you and you create a really loving and supportive voice and space inside of yourself that will catch you when you feel vulnerable. And that's like, that's the self, that's like a personal, that's personal development too. I mean, that's also self-care, that's self-love, but like, it's just worth checking in. If people are listening to this episode and they say, okay, that's it. I'm going to go follow my heart and use my strategy to take action and just check in with yourself and say, do I have a safe place where I can feel vulnerable and share what I'm worried about and scared about? Do I have people who are going to cheerlead me? Do I have that externally? And then do I also have that internally? Do I have a voice in my head that's on my side and is going to cheerlead me and support me? Because that is critical. And if you don't have that, then the voice of your inner critic is always going to make you feel terrible, no matter how much success you have. Because of the way mindset works, you will look at your success and feel like a failure. And I just don't want that for anyone who's listening. I lived there for a very long time and it felt awful. <laughs> so like, <laughs> learn from me, learn from me, learn from my clients. You don't have to live in that space. You just need more support internally and externally than you're probably giving yourself. And that too is very normal. It's just not something that people talk about a lot in entrepreneurship because people, we have this fantasy that you did it all by yourself, especially, I mean, I, I can't speak so much to it globally, but I know here in the U.S. there's so much of the one person who did it all. And that is just not true. That's not how any success is created. So don't be hard on yourself if you're like, wow, this is, I'm following my heart and I'm coming up with strategies. And yet this is still really hard and scary. And why doesn't this feel good? And where are all my wins? It's because you don't have the community reflecting all that back to you while you're creating these changes. So thanks for letting me get on my soapbox about that. That feels so important to me to share. I'm so glad you mentioned that because it really takes a village to build a business. And I really could talk to you for hours, but I am very conscious of your time. So is there anything else you want to mention before we wrap up? See if there's anything. The one thing that comes to mind is just an idea. And if you're if you're doing mindset work, then maybe try this on as a thought, which is what if your most successful business and most successful career was the one that felt really easy and joyful to you? What if you allowed joy and flow and inspiration to be the measure of your success? And you allowed money and clients and magazine articles and speeches and whatever else is in your vision, you allowed those to be lagging indicators, but you knew that the real wealth you were building was the life you were living while you're doing this work. Because that's the place that we're going to remember on our deathbeds. We may be proud that we made a certain amount of money or that we were able to buy certain things for our families or, or give back in certain ways, but life is short. And we have the privilege of being here today. And that's where real wealth is created. And so I just invite people to, to be with that. Let that be part of how you navigate your business. It'll change things. That's such a beautiful place to end. And for anyone that wants to go deeper with this work, they want to work with you, where can they find you? Um, come visit me at my website, which is elizabethhopederby.com. Derby like the Kentucky Derby. And I'll share, I have a free 
download if you want to sign up for my newsletter list. And even if you don't, even if you just want the free download and then you unsubscribe, that makes me happy too. I've created a five minute guided visualization slash meditation that's really designed to help you slow down and get back in touch with your personal power. No matter how busy you are, it's five minutes. You can put in headphones and listen to anything for five minutes. <laughs> and so it's really meant to give you a reset so that you come back into that place of personal leadership and personal power when you're feeling overwhelmed. And you can get that by going to elizabethhopederby.com backslash reset. So I would be delighted to have people scoop that up too. But if you want to get in touch about working together, or you just want to read more about how I work, come to the site. I would love to see you and connect with you. We're going to put all the links in the show notes and I would encourage everyone to take advantage of your generous gift. And thank you so much for being with us today and being so generous with your wisdom, with your experiences. This has been amazing. Thank you so much for having me. This has been such a pleasure. Thank you for listening to the Treasures Within podcast. If you've enjoyed this episode, if you found even one small nugget here, to help you get out of your own way and build a successful business, share this episode with a friend or two so they can benefit from it too. Please follow this show on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Leave a rating and a review. Believe it or not, every little action really does help to get the podcast found by other female entrepreneurs who need to hear this message too. Have a wonderful rest of your day. Bye for now.